Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, man, woman, child, and or beast, we are back. You see, I'm back on. You see that? You see? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm back, I'm back in rhythm. You know what I'm saying? I'm back I'm back on the scene. It's your man, 50 Grand Hadrico, and it's your favorite podcast in mine. Another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. Like I said, I'm Hadrico, but to my right, we rolling with. It's your boy Cash, a.k.a. Exec P. Mr. Prez. Okay, so let me start here. So we can call you broke now. And the Sergeant Raider has been demoted. You know no, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. I just want to make sure. I'm just trying to play it cool today. Oh, know? keep yeah. it cool. Keep, keep it low key. You know keep what I'm it low key. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's back up off the Raider a little bit until the season start picking up. You know, we're going to come back. Okay. Come back. Okay, Airman Raider. Right. <laughs> Sergeant Raider. Hey, gentlemen, man. First off, man, look, another episode we getting it in. How y'all been? Let's get let's get through the pleasantries real quick, and then let's get straight down to business, because nobody really care about what we've been through. They just want to hear what we got to talk about, so give it to me quick. All right, so what is it? July, what, 6? Six, 6 at this point? That's when we recording, so just... Happy second Independence Day. It, if you want to call it that. But no, uh, we're not going there. I ain't even giving it that much credit. But what I will say is that I enjoyed the weekend with the family, man. I mean, can we really call it a... Fourth of July, they they had all these stipulations. Can't be out here. No big parties. No fireworks popping up nowhere. Come on, man. Yeah, but no fourth, man. I don't know what I this did, is. I definitely did. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, it's always been like a family getaway, though. Like, I don't know about y'all, but for me, that's what it's always been like. Just getting together with family or getting away with family. It's never been about the true meaning of everything you know what i mean i must admit this is the first fourth of july that i can remember that there was no barbecue grill lit that i was in attendance to it was kind of sad i spent the fourth of july on the fireworks i was shooting off was the ones on the couch watching another episode of desperate housewives of atlanta but you know what i was proud of which was probably i ain't see one plate on my timeline bro not one it, it just goes to show you that people were really on this this F this uh, July 4th weekend. No, so. I definitely think it, it was kind of one of those things, to be honest with you, as a African-American, it's kind of like, do I celebrate it? And if I do, will I be attacked? Will I be attacked? <laughs> Can I say Independence Day or what do I say? So I just started telling people happy 19 days after Juneteenth. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't even say I didn't even acknowledge it. I was just posting. I just posting pictures of me and the family on on our little mini getaway. Okay. But you, what about you, uh, man, Raider? Mm, hey, no, my immediate family around me ain't they ain't far from the state, so bam. So you wouldn't even know a thing. Well, I'm gonna tell you something that is. Let me tell you something that is a part of you, and I want you to talk about it. It's our Patreon people. Let's make sure we take the time oh, to okay. shock them out. Oh so yeah, yeah. Who, do, who do we got, man? Bring bring the real MVP. We got up. the ad libs on deck, so go okay, ahead. Okay, okay, we got Corey, <laughs> the Foundation. Mm, okay, we got Bird. What happened to that boy? We got Manuel. Mo. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got Errol Jackson. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. At the click click of him taking pictures, because he always taking pictures that you need. Of course. We got Quay Quay. <laughs> you don't know Quay Quay. Y'all know about that Quay Quay. Alright. And we got Ryan. The 24, remember? Oh, Jack, Jack yeah. Ryan. Jack Ryan. Oh, Jack, Jack Ryan. Yeah, Jack Ryan. 24 Jack hours Ryan. a day, he's celebrating and supporting. So we want to thank them for supporting us. Uh, we, we, if you go hop over on our Patreon, we got three different tiers where you can uh, support us at. Uh, Club Night with the Boys is our top tier. It's $10, uh, $10 a month. And you get to host your own segment. None of these other ones have hit us up yet about hosting their own segment, but if it's, it's one of the, you the know perks. Because that means they're loving what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, you ain't taking advantage of your perks, but we sure appreciate you paying the bills, okay? So, <laughs> hey, it is what it is with that. But, nah, again, thank y'all, man. We appreciate it for real, for real. Definitely, definitely. I'm telling you, every time I come up in here, I know I said it just about every week, but he adding something different up in here. Money's just definitely going to make this better. So making it better. Let, let me ask y'all a question. What would make your life better? Would a secret relationship with your spouse that get exposed on national TV make your life better? I know uh, if I was... You, are you speaking uh, on Will and Jada in August? And in Augustine. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, Just in case you was living underneath the rock. 
Um, young man who, who who really, I don't know what's going on with his hair. Him and Sideshow Bob got something going on together. I'm, I'm not trying to shine, but I just, I don't even understand what's going on. He decided to get on an interview and talk about how he's having a relationship with Jada Pickett-Smith and decided that he said he went out as far as saying that Will gave him permission. Like he met with him, like he was like dating his daughter. Like, you know what? I give you permission to lay with my wife. I tell you what, that was, um... That was heavy. Uh, first off, let's let's throw out there that he got an album. True. I mean, that's the way I take it. Just off the jump, he got an album out there. He got to sell his album because before this, was you talking about? Was you must looking? Never even heard of the kid. Hmm. It's funny how this works out. But we're talking about him now. Uh, now on the situation that is, is going on. It's whatever they into Like that's their household Like this is 2020 Like come on man Like I was telling him earlier uh, Now you know you done had those stories You done sent back Went back and talked to your parents You done went back and talked to your grandparents And they'll tell you about some nonsense That was going on back in their day And it was just known Preachers sleeping around with everybody over here And they wives know Because the whole neighborhood had to know So at this point So they What was the difference in that Versus this right here like, They just a little bit more Honest with themselves and putting it out there, like so. Whatever it's their household, however they want to rock in their household. And I don't know what church you went to, but I didn't go to that one. I guarantee, <laughs> ask, ask your parents, ask your grandparents. No, I'm, just, I'm just giving you grandparents. <laughs> but I mean, for me, man, I've like to be clear, I've never heard Will Jada say any of this out their mouth that they're in an open relationship. That swingers, like they've vehemently actually denied it or saying it outright. So I haven't heard. What it is, all it is, is rumor mill, right? But in the grand scheme of things, I think August was out of pocket. I mean, of course, he has the album out. He also has the uh, six-part or five-part docu-series on the album coming out. It's a weird rollout to me. Like, that's not something that I would want to roll my album out with, which is... uh this type of type of stuff like this type of controversy and you know they said they that he's dropped songs out before that kind of insinuated things were kind of happening in the past and can you name those songs no i can't name anything of my man he wore a, he wore a suit that had two textures on it in the interview therefore he lost credibility with me immediately but what i will say is that i do dig his music like like I'm, i've always been a fan of his music like he doesn't have to do this to sell so I don't want that to be the narrative, but it is awfully peculiar that it happens at the time being that he's um, gone away. Now, I took the time to be the good podcast I am to take one for the team and view this docuseries. That boy got a lot of damn things going. He got a lot of demons in his background as far as just mental health issues and issues with his mom being uh, on drugs and his dad dying very early he's from New Orleans. So you know how that kind of life can be from some cats that you probably know from New Orleans and, and how they roll. So the, the the drug deal and all of that was a part of his background and not having somebody that really can uh, tie into him as far as a mother figure or somebody, a loving figure. Like he didn't have that. So when you think about all of that rolled up, Jada probably was his first, if this is true, probably his first, the first woman that actually cared about what he thought and and took him in like a you know threw that old thing on him you know what i'm saying with all all that rolled up into one if this is true of course allegedly you know but here so on a more serious note you know i hope hopefully it's not true but then for him as a young artist why would you go publicly try to tear down one of the few examples of what is seen to be at least um a strong black couple in our community and tear that down you know we don't have many of them around so therefore, for you to take a shot at that, what is the gain? And now I know you say that the record sales and things no, of that no, nature. No. I can tell you what's the gain. He caught feelings. If it was happening, that's what happened. Like, come on, we see this all the time. Somebody's like a cheater cheating around, and the other girl catch feelings, and now he can't break it off. Like, so because initially it starts like she's cool. Like, just flip it on the male um, side of things. If this was a a, a female, right? Initially, she may be cool with being a side piece, right? But eventually, after being a side piece for a year or two, everybody catches feelings. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to catch feelings. And at some point, you like, you know what? I want this all to myself. But as the G that Jada supposedly was, she said, oh, oh, nah, bro. Like, this, I'm, this is what I needed you for, which was 
this type of companionship, which may have been just physical, and he caught more feelings. And at that point, it was time to cut it off abruptly. And at times when you decide peace, you want a little bit more time to deal with that that cut. But it when it happens, it happens. And that's why, you know, often people don't want to be the side piece because a lot of people can't stand up to that type of relationship. Well, I'm sure there's going to be more to come out of this story or whatever that situation is. Whatever it is, I'll let, let it, I would let it work itself out. Um, Will and Jada, like you said, have both came out and Adam Lee did the, went against these claims. But we shall see. I would hope that the young man came out with this type of allegation that he had some type of receipts to prove. He said it twice. He said anything it twice. Anything they doing, like, was it, like, did they break any laws or anything like this? There's the laws against the Lord. I mean, I don't know how you It's unnecessary. About it's unnecessary if I'm, if I'm August. Like, you, like, dude, you signed up for this. You know what I mean? You, she probably told you exactly what it was. I don't think this hurts Will and Jada. If anything, it, it boosts their platform because now she's going to come to her red table talk. And everybody. And that's been a blow to the internet. Like he already got with Angelique uh, Yee's interview and him. That shit is already at like 2.3 million. And when did Angelique become such the, 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 did she, did she the new Dateline Barbara Walters? Yeah. Like she, when did she come so popular? I mean, she's stepping out, branching out, man, you know, breakfast club thing, but she, she's done these things from time to time. She got her little podcast. Brunch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You get it? I got it. It, it was it was it was poor time man. poor time. No, what is that? Uh no no. Oh, here you go. And what to do, fam? It's your man Hadrico. Now I know you're sitting down and you wonder what you need to do, but what I need you to do is tune in, like, share, and subscribe to your favorite podcast of mine. Don't sleep on the couch podcast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. You want us, you can find us. So tune in, like, share, and subscribe. Peace. Dirty. Hey, you know what? Let's get to some other things, man. Listen, for years, the Washington football team has went by a name that many people have found to be disheartening, disrespectful, and just downright defensive. Offensive, excuse me. And it looks like the winds of change have finally came. And it may have taken FedEx and Nike to pull away them dollar bills and them checks for it to happen. But it looks like the name change is finally going to come. Now, before we get into the name change, people always say, what was all the protests and all this other stuff? What did you did? What became of it? You have to attribute this as a part of all those same things. So when you start saying what came of all these protests and I'm not saying I condone rioting, I'm not saying I condone these things, but this is a part and a byproduct of this because this Black Lives Matter movement has became sweeping. Now you take some of the other things that are happening to other cultures, and now you have the 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 Indian, the, the Native American, there you go, the Native American culture who are saying, "Hey, we've also been wrong with this name." And now Daniel Snyder, who's in years past, has blatantly said, "Oh, you're offended." Buy more uh, Washington football team gear, and he didn't care. But now, it's, now that money's starting to pull out, FedEx and Nike, we're going to get a new name. And one name that I heard, I think D- Dwayne Haskins, I saw him put up there, was the Red Tails. Now, man, call me Schmitten, but I think that'd be a hell of a name. I would love it. I would love it, man. And like you said, man, you brought up an excellent point. It's, it's all a money play. And everybody wants to be on the right side of right when it comes to these race matters right now. So that's always been the thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I would like more companies to use their dollar amount or whatever they're going to pull from certain teams or from certain organizations and continue to do this because that's how we're going to fight it is financially. And that's what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Like, And I'm not. One of them, these these people that's going to keep saying, oh, you know, now they're paying attention. Where was they a long time ago? Well, I am going to say it. I mean, because that, <laughs> that's exactly, what, that's exactly what I'm saying. But uh, no, man, I mean, I I like it. But you just go. It just goes to show you that, man, when one is involved in that bottom dollar, once it's taken away, it gets anybody's attention. Any smug white owner of an NFL team. Now they got to pay attention because now your top two. People, that, um, you're not getting another um, feel, so to speak. So, oh, uh, now I got to pay attention to FedEx. Oh, now Nike too, and they make the. Like, it's it's just a damn effect that I would love to happen for a lot of different things outside of just sports. But I'm rolling with this one. 
And I think I think the Washington football team loses the argument of, oh, this is our history and our heritage. That's the same people, the same with the Confederate flag. And that, 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 that argument and that dog didn't hunt. And this argument for the Washington football team won't sell as well. So I definitely think it's a move in the right direction um, for that organization and for the Native Americans who, if we are really being 100%, have been wrong probably more than any, any nationality point blank independent spirit. I mean, I mean, they, everything was taken. So, I mean, but we get into history lessons. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying, and it's not a tit for tat. I'm just saying from like, from, yeah, from a, when they were, when they were first colonized. Yeah. From colonized. But you know, we ain't turned this into the, to the national geographic and we ain't trying to go into history lessons, but I'm going to tell you something that is history. You see these transitions I'm hitting y'all with, man. These transition game is cold. Yeah, right. You just got to just got to tra- you just got to tra- really tra- just hit the transition and then you know like, okay. let the people speak. Right, okay, let's talk about something that is history. Five star basketball recruit signs to a HBCU. Now we talked about this before, and it's starting to pick up steam. Now, let's give a little history about this young man. Um, let me make sure I said his name right. Mercure Maker. He's the cousin of Thorn Maker, who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. So I've had some people who talk, talk to me offline and say, "Well, he can go to a HBCU because his people already got money, so therefore he's already situated." Oh well, he only got to go there for one or two, a year or two, and he's still gonna go to the NBA. First off, both of these arguments are facetious because anybody who's of that that stature, go what ahead. do you want? Like, what do you want at this point? Like, what do you want? Like, you want five-star black athletes to go there, whether they're well-off or not. And if they happen to be well-off, cool. But, like, you now you're getting into the point where you nitpicking. Like, you, what do you want? Just lower-income kids that's five-star to go to these schools and not the rich kids? Like, everybody benefits. Everybody eats when this happens. It has to be rich kids, middle-class kids, um, low-income kids. It has to be kids from all backgrounds. The, the fact is they have to be black and know how to hoop. Period. And well, and here's another thing. Though. Well, well, when we talk about hooping only, you know. Well, but we're talking about hooping, but let's talk about all sports. One thing I think that these uh, HBCUs have to do better, we can sit here and say, oh, well, we want more kids to go to HBCUs. I think HBCUs have to do a better job of going out and recruiting. Let me explain. So my son currently has two Division One offers. He has interest from a plethora of Power Five and Division One schools. I don't have one HBCU school that has reached out to say, hey, we'd be interested in him coming to your school. Now, if he's good enough to get a Division I offer from two Division I schools, he can't play at Hampton, can't play at Bethune, can't play at Florida a can't play at Howard. But yet we want these kids to come to these HBCUs, but these HBCUs have also conditioned themselves to feel like we can't go after these certain kids because we have to wait. The only school that I have seen so far on Twitter or anywhere else that goes after these kids is Southern. Southern does a real good job of saying, hey, offer Friday, send me your film. And on Friday, we putting out offers. I don't see that from other schools. So as much as I want, they want to press these kids. The HBCUs got to also do their homework and get after these kids to say we're going to do the same thing. I seen the the, the graphic with Bron- LeBron James' son saying, "Hey, let him go to FAMU." While while that would be fantastic for LeBron James' son to go to FAMU because everything everybody else in this room knows he could go to Backyard University. The boy gonna go to lead a if year he's good enough, if he's good enough. Yeah. He's gonna go to lead. But where when are we gonna put some of the onus on these HBCUs? But uh, it all ties back to money. Yeah. It all ties back to money. Ooh, so, so I mean, not just I'm sorry, but Maker, you seeing other kids in other sports. Like I, I sent you guys an article. There was a young man who was committed to go to Cincinnati University. He actually withdrew that commitment so he can end up going to uh, I think Austin Prairie. Um, Austin Prairie. Yeah, they've been in the tournament. I just can't. I know what team you're talking about. It was actually for football. So he actually transferred to go out so he can go out and play football. So I believe these young men will go now. I'm not going to say I'm the uh, the expert when it comes to this, but I've seen I've, I've coached at a high school and seen a lot of kids who want to play football. There's a lot of black kids that want to play football beyond high school who have the ability, who have these dreams of going to Texas and Miami and all these other schools that don't get that notoriety. But you don't see a lot of HBCUs reach out like that. I'm talking about when I was the head coach at a high school, I'd get calls, paperwork, all kind of stuff from a lot of different schools, smaller D1s, 
D2s. I cannot honestly say I remember a time I got a letter or an email from anybody. Now, you said money. That's why I got on my phone. Let me tell you something. To follow a kid on Twitter, guess how much it costs? A button. And that leads me to my point. So I was going to say while you were speaking and we talked about money and stuff like that, like COVID-19, if it has not taught us anything, is that everybody has become way more resourceful in how they do things, how they do business. A lot of businesses are going away from the traditional, hey, you come to this building, sit down for eight hours. A lot of people have been told, hey, we are going to have you work from home and uh, we, we might not ever have you come back. You know, I've seen those, um, you know, people and personal friends I know that are loving life as a result of that. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is that these 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 HBCUs don't have the money in terms of just being able to send people out to go do it physically. You know what I mean? Because there's something to be said that, yeah, you can have all this good stuff on tape and stuff can be edited to show all your highlights. But I want to be there from first quarter to fourth quarter for a few of your games to see how you you battle adversity in a game. You may be doing terrible all game, have some drops. And then when the team needs you big in the fourth quarter, like you need context as a as a recruiter as well, if I'm not mistaken. So but that's my first part is that HBCUs can be more resourceful, especially in light of what has happened with COVID-19 if that hasn't taught us anything. My second question that I didn't want to prep you for, but I want to get your honest opinion. You said that your son has not gotten any HBCU offers, but have you sent him, sent any HBCUs his footage? I have sent footage to him, no. Have I followed them on on Twitter like I have done any other school? Me personally, yes. Have they responded back and followed back? No. Would you, would you... Are you going to encourage your son to go to HBCU? I'm encouraging my son to get a free and reduced cost education. That's what I'm encouraging my son to do. And I'm encouraging my son to put himself in the best situation that gets him the opportunity to play football. And if this football is what he wants to continue to do, to put himself in that situation. Currently, he has a school in his heart that he wants to go to. Um, I'm going to do everything I can to help make that a faci- facilitate that dream. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to where can you play? What can, what offers the education that you want and what's the best opportunity for you? And what do we feel the most comfortable? If that's at an HBCU, great. If it's at the University of Miami, great. <laughs> but like, here's the thing, like that's been his, his possibly his dream. Uh, and whoever comes with the best offer, I'm, I'm sure that you guys are willing to pivot. But it, it's kind of hard. Like what you said is you got to sit down and discuss with your kid what's the best situation for you because although you guys are not poverty stricken and haven't been he's been pretty privileged and all of our kids are at this point with the amount of time we spent uh doing what we do for work i just think that that's a lot to ask for these kids and i'll keep going back to it that until you know some of these hbcus get on equal footing by kind of outsmarting essentially the money grab you know what i'm saying so you can't give up as far as recruiting and I don't know all the other things that, that that are held against them, but you can't give up by at least going after these kids or at least putting it out there because you probably can offer something. It may not be as many scholarships, but you can offer something to some of these kids and, and get them on the right path, whether that's whether they get to the NFL, NBA, or just get a damn degree. You know, so what what is the, what is the real goal? HBCUs, is it to get these kids degrees or is it to get them in the NFL, NBA, you know? I, I really it don't know. It can be a little bit of both. It can be. It can be a little bit of both. It can be, but it just doesn't, like he said, I mean, he's just, you know, he's just one person describing his situation, but he's been a high school coach, gotten calls from schools and HBCUs weren't on that list. They can reach out too, the same way these kids can reach out to them. No, here's the thing, and, and this one, I'm going to challenge you though. They get paid to reach out. Like, so I, I, you get flyers and mail, mail outs just like everybody else. The problem is when you come down to recruit most schools, let me, let me give you a quick breakdown how this thing works. Schools usually have a pipeline of where they want to recruit. So you take, for example, Bethune-Cookman. Did you, did you both know where Bethune-Cookman is located? Yeah, no. Okay. Let me give a Florida A&M. You know, that's located. Yes. You know, it's in Florida. Okay. Yeah. So Florida A&M has a pipeline of where they want to recruit from. They typically want to get their kids from Florida, Georgia, just that, that basically that region that's close by. They typically don't want to reach out to a kid on the West Coast, but this ain't just Florida and them. This is all your major universities. The reason why, because a kid from the West Coast, 
he don't want to come to Florida. He he wants you to offer him so he can so he can go and post like, yo, got an offer today from this school. But he may not necessarily truly be giving you a serious look. So a lot of schools don't want to reach out and do that. So now when you're talking about an HBCU, not only are you fighting that you're not a Division one power a power five. Do you know what a power five is? So so then you got to after a power five, you go to your mid level schools. Then you start going to your D. I mean your your lower D ones, and then you start D. So you got to start talking about where you're at and who you're going against. So if let's say Frank, let's say your son has an offer from Alabama, Tennessee, uh, Auburn, uh, Miami. Um, what school you like again? Oklahoma. Oh, Oregon. Um, <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> so you get a school. You get, he has all those offers. Florida and M's like, why am I gonna waste my time? Yeah, because they feel like they don't have a dog in that fight. Is that a fair way to look at it? To a certain extent, I can say yes, but at the same time, right now you need. To, you ever heard? You got to hit while the iron's hot. Right now, people are talking about HBCUs more than they ever have before. So if it, if it's ever time for you to start putting some offers out there, because here's another secret people don't tell you. These schools put out offers. It don't mean you can go to that school. They, uh, Auburn can offer you right now. Be like, hey, you know what, Frank? We offer you a scholarship. And you can say, I want to commit. And be like, they just is doing it just because. Slow down. You, you, you can't offer. You can't commit to this. It's not a committable offer. This is just an offer. We have to wait to see how this, this, this go before you can offer, before you can commit. So that's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Or when you get these offers, if you don't commit by a certain period of time, yo, that offer's no longer good. Because if if they offer all three of us, Podcast University offers all three of us a scholarship to be their head podcaster, and we all thinking about it, and they got one spot, and then he accepts it. We both got all three like, you know what, I'll just go back to Podcast University. Guess what? But it it also it also is about how good you are. So if you're the best podcaster, you're the best podcaster, and I commit, then they'll be like, "Oh, I'm the person that they'll be like, whoa, 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 too," because they're waiting for all these other dominoes to fall in, and that's that's and, really and, what it is. And you don't, and that's the part of it. You never know where they stand at in that process because they they're never going to show you all every part of that hand. So it, it's a difficult for, for to me for HBCUs right now. The iron's hot for y'all. If there's ever time for you to go out there and put some offers out on the table, to put some offers out on the table and see what you can see what you can pull in. Yeah. If you, you listen, you can't catch a fish if you don't put a net out. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be hard, man. We got got we as in you know black folks. It's a, it's a long way ahead, man. Because these kids are really good, but they also really want to go to the league. You know, especially your top twenty five. So if you can get a bunch of these kids on the team, even the twenty five through fifty and hundred. Maybe you can feel the team at this HBCU that is going to be one of these random teams like the Dayton Flyers that come out of nowhere and make noise in the and tournament. It's much easier to do that in basketball than it is to do that in football because in football, you're not even going to play. Listen, Hampton can sign the top 50 kids. They're, they're not even going to have um, Miami on their schedule. They can go undefeated and they'll win their division, but they're not going to get a chance to go against those top schools. And these kids know that. But it, it's happened. Like, look at Boise State, and I'm just pointing them out because while we were growing up, they never were anybody that we looked at. But over a sustainable, no, you're I'm just right. saying, I'm you're just right. saying, no, over right. uh, over years and years and years of just getting better. I'm not saying that they're the barometer, but what I'm saying is like it took quite some time for them to get to where well, they are. It took a lot of people, other teams getting banned at the same but time. But hold on, but here's the thing though. <laughs> let me let me put you on to something real quick. So before we can move on, but with Boise State, as small as the school they are. HBCUs are not even on Boise State level. Oh no, they not. They not. And just think about that. Put that in. Put that in perspective. You know. Put that soliloquy in perspective. <laughs> you, you just got to try to you use that got, word. You got to every time. That's a nice transition. Going to move on to the next. Oh, time. you want to transition? Hey, what's good, people? It's your boy Cash. Hey, check us out on YouTube, Instagram. Go follow us. We on Facebook. We got a Facebook group as well. DSC underscore podcast. We got a Facebook page. Hey, I only only need you to subscribe. I need you to pass it on to a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend. We got Patreon, you know what I mean? We got three tiers, check them out. We're not going to explain them to you here, but we definitely appreciate the patrons that we do have. So with that said, man, DSC out. You, how about how about the transition game in the NBA as they try to transition to Orlando, but it looks like some half-court defense called Corona Lachey the virus has got the lockdown on, and she's taking people out one foul at a time. Gentlemen, I'm going to ask a simple question. I say yes or no question. Will the NBA restart 
Perez, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And they're a little, uh, the team, the eight teams that didn't make the cut because they out of the playoff race, they're going to have like a little summer league on top of that. That's going to start too. They're going to get their money. Yo, know, the same way we go to work. And if if you catch, you know, coronavirus and your whole organization taken out for a certain amount of time, then y'all come back. That's what's going to happen. They're going to have to deal with it on the fly as it occurs. But they coming back. At a certain point, like we've been locked down for like half a year. People got to make money. Teams got to make money. It's not only the teams, but companies that depend on that teams. got partnership with them. You may make jerseys, whatever that is. All that's taken away uh, from people's jobs and stuff like that. So that's going to get started just uh they're going to try to be safe around it and you're going to put up safety measures, but eventually we're going to have to get back out there. And that's what's going on. It's like, you're going to have to get back out there and and do something. So that's including the basketball players. I need y'all to go out there, sell this product so we can continue over here making it so we can keep on making money over here. So yeah, like they're not the only entity that has to go to work in the midst of all of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, while they're choosing to do it, they're also losing a lot as a business by sitting out. So everybody has to deal with this. We have to go day in and day out and, deal with it like so I, i'm really like whoever pulls out for whatever reason whether it's family or they have a, a family member that you know would be sick upon their return or low you know immune system or whatever all the other side effects to it i'm all right cool if you feel like you got to pull out you got to pull out if they need to go sign somebody else at the last minute like i know mad players that are not going back deandre jordan is one of them shit what's your Matt shamook from the clippers um, uh, yeah, I can't pronounce his name, but there's a lot of little under the radar things. And um, we're going to get to that on a specific podcast, like maybe later on in this month, right before the season starts, when we have a, a final tally of who's out. But like you see like lesser known players, but they're role players that are actually uh, they're critical to their team success. Yeah, because that's actually a big loss for the Clippers for him to be out. But And then the Lakers, the Lakers lost uh, old buddy too as well. And then they got J.R. Smith, which is a little... That's, that'll lose them a game or two. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the type of night. J.R., I can tell from the first three shots that he take. Like, <laughs> are we going to be good or are we going to... Yeah, but the other things, the other things outside of the offense for J.R. Smith, I mean, he still plays very good defense. He's 6'7". And he's intelligent. You know what you I mean? Know, so with J.R. Smith, man, sometimes he can play jaded and other times he's fabulous. I said that that was so tight. <laughs> Versus. Listen, I mean, NBA, we ain't no game, so I need to talk about it. But Jada did go against Fabulous. That was a game. Who did you have winning? Oh man, it was Jay no doubt. Jay easy, killed him. Easy. Why, why was it such a runaway? Like, like, let me uh, start with you, Prince. Song choice what, was a song. Okay, so you saying purely song choice? What about you, Cash? Yeah, I don't think Fab approached it from the ad, or his DJ approached it from like a trying to win a battle. And Jada said that in the in the battle, he was just like, "Hey, yeah, I I, I, I prep for this. Like, I was ready. I had whatever song. I was thinking like, if you played this song, I got to play this song. And you could tell Fab didn't think that deep into it. He was just like, I've got my playlist. I'm play these songs and then just roll into it. It, it seemed, it seemed like Fab just wanted to just get some more shine. I feel like Fab's the most unfamous famous rapper that you that you know of. People know Fab, but. People don't know Fab. Fab lyrically is probably one of the, he, to me. He puts together some of the best analogies in his raps that you gonna put together on pen and paper. But battle rapper is not what he. That's not him. Jada is. I can just see Jada kids walking in somebody's cipher and destroying somebody. Here's where I'll stop you on that because Jada. I mean, not Jada, but Fab has like such an extensive freestyle history say, with DJ Cool, like where it's nothing his but whole battle. Come up That's his whole was just his whole come up was battle bars and freestyles and his freestyles, and then like summer the summertime shootout series. The uh, what's the other series that they, there is no competition, and then uh, damn, what's the one with the black and white covers? Um, uh, why am I blanking? It's his best yeah, damn series. Uh, the, the soul soul, soul tapes. The soul tapes. None of those tracks were played in this battle his three best mixtapes zero songs out of 20 that's crazy that's crazy to me and then they start playing them in the after party yeah and too, after late, party, too late he already lost 20 songs was gone he already lost i he, think I mean, what, at the end of it like you had jada up there just like actually bigging him up like oh man i play this song at my wedding if i ever do get married I'm like you are he giving you this already he gotta big you up <laughs> right hey already i already know you lost <laughs> hey, let me let me let me change gears on y'all and i'm gonna go music because y'all like music and i just ain't on the notes i know y'all hate this but i'm gonna do it anyway i want yeah i know but i think y'all gonna like it 
I'm going to name two people that will be a versus. I want y'all to tell me who would win. And then I'm going to ask you why. I mean, just real quick, because y'all really like music. I'm going to just name some rappers and you tell me who would win. Okay? Can, can, we, can, we, can, you, can you entertain? Yeah, go ahead. T.I. Lil Wayne. Uh, I, I just think Wayne got Lil too Wayne much. Wayne got a catalog. Yeah, he just got like too much of a catalog. one of these verses? Yeah, one of these verses. Yeah, when Lil all is no holes, bars, mixtape stuff, all that is included. Yeah, it's Lil Wayne, Wayne by Landslide. Landslide. Okay. All right. So we got Wayne. All right. Rick Ross and Scarface. Ugh. Well, I'm getting a little harder for you now, see? Come on. Now, 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 now. I don't want to hear the silent shit. Y'all, the music is just not those. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. I didn't prep them for none of this. Now, they're going to talk. When we get when we go off live, they're going to talk about me like a dog <laughs> because they don't like this stuff. This is the stuff that I like to do, but... It's interesting. I'll probably I'll say, I say Ross. I enjoy Ross. more Ross yeah. than Scarface. Like as a as a body of work. Like I would probably go I actively listen to more Ross music when I go back to it way more than Scarface. Okay. Lupe Fiasco, Nipsey Hustle. Oh, Lupe. Uh, it's Nipsey for me. Lupe. Oh, this is what I want. <laughs> now, why do you say Lupe? Why do you say Nipsey? And I'm we're gonna do about maybe two, three more, and then we're gonna keep it moving. I just want to see, see where y'all at. Uh like I, I appreciate Nipsey for his uh hustle, his grind, his 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 wave that he put in out there. But like when it comes to it and then you rhyming and everything, Lupe, whoo, man, come on. Lupe got some rhymes that just like just wraps around like Yeah, absolutely. But when it's all about the personal connection, what connects with you more. And and I think that Nipsey connects with me more on a, okay. on a, just, I feel what he's saying more. So then sometimes how, you know, he a little bit out the way with Lupe, with what he be saying, you know, after maybe about the third album, what's the third album? You a Lupe fan after the cool, what came out after the cool was lasers. Yeah. Lasers was, uh, you know, so it's like he has some, some significant drop offs and whatever you can attribute that to whatever it may be label drama and all this other stuff. Food and liquor, the cool. Yeah. And that's when he started having like the, the yeah. problems with the label and everything. I think that was lasers at that yeah. point. I'm, I'm going to go with Nipsey without being a deep dive into it, but I, I, I can definitely say that. Two more. And I stop two more. Ready? Beanie Siegel versus, I just had a name and just completely left me. Oh, that's what it was. Benny Seeker versus Cameron. Oh, ah, damn it. Still going to be Benny for me, man. Yeah. Oh, I, wait a minute. I thought you were a Cam fan. I am. I'm a, I'm a super big Cam fan. Really but at I'm, the same time, though. It's just kind of one of the things where, like, Benny is very high in my top guys list. Like, higher than most people would even Beanie think. first three albums are solid. I don't think Cam has a classic album. And then the one that you may say is a classic might be... Come home with me or SDE. Yeah, SDE. You know what I'm saying? But they like just a notch below a classic level. That come home with me again, man. It's it's solid, but does have like a it has some drop offs. Yeah, has some drop offs. But like I just man, Beanie was my guy. Like I, and he one of the rare dudes that can go toe to toe with Jay. The the skits and uh come home with me. Yeah, kind of. It lift it up. But yeah, I'm yeah. That's that's a hard one. But I mean, you I probably take Cam and. Most other ones that you would give me in that versus, but last one E40 versus Trick Daddy. I probably gravitate more towards Trick personally. I don't listen to a lot of E40 music. It'll be Trick Daddy. I love Trick. Trick, <laughs> trick love the kids. Good answer. Yeah. Hey, and if you feel, if you guys feel different out there, you know, we we here to hear your, you know, what you got to say. We also down. I'm not here to hear if you if you saying Lupe is not up. Oh there, no, but. no, no. But we we definitely, you know, if you feel other ways towards what me and Prez said, we definitely down to, you know, oh, go old school, get on Instagram and uh, you know, challenge you. I mean, if you feel like you up for that. If you're feeling froggy, you leap. You feel like you up for that. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to stand on my picks, man. Yeah. Listen, I know. Listen, first off, I know y'all hate when I go off the list, but I just felt like, I felt like that was just something, you know, just to. Got to shake it up. I shake things up. I like it. I like it. We'll, we'll deal with it for the day. Yep. <laughs> we, we caught you off guard with, with, where would your kid go? You said, you basically said the highest bidder. Not financially. Well, in my pocket. Not financially. Not financially. We we are keeping it within the regulations of the NCAA. My bad. My bad. Uh, speaking of one, since we're talking about money, uh, we can talk about it, did we, uh, Cam? Listen, the level of disrespect that Cam Newton just took to sign his contract. Do you realize that Blaine Gabbert is getting paid more than Cam Newton? You realize Jameis Winston is getting paid more than Cam Newton? Do you realize Marcus Mariota is getting paid more than Cam Newton? As he should. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> He's taking this rated shit way too far. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, but I like that. That was a good put. Like all the rest of them, you know, didn't hold a candle to it. But you are talking about Marcus Mariota, another Heisman Trophy winner, and going against Cam Newton. So I, I, I can see. And then Cam Cam did uh, bring Arvin to you know a championship. Got to appreciate him. Still love him for that. But uh, I ain't rocking with you no more. Can't can't do it. Can't do it. These 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 parameters he has on things is just. I don't know, man. It's real. it's stubborn. How's how it stubborn? He went to New England. The NFL collectively got together and said, "You know what? We're gonna finally take down this 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 brain over here." That your team, your team could have signed them too. Yeah, but we got Marcus Mariota. But no, nah, man. But back to Cam, man. I think it's an interesting point in saying that. Uh, I think he's just doing what he has to do to get on another team or to get that big payday from New England. So it's, I don't think it was for him to get a payday from New England, but I think it was the best situation for him to go in where he knows that he can, he can be the starting quarterback. He can be the starting quarterback and he's in a situation where he can get a team back to the playoffs and show as best he can over or under on 12 wins under, 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 I got 10 wins. You got 10 in that division. Buffalo going to be pretty tough this year. Buffalo is going to be tough until Buffalo can show me back to back seasons. Buffalo is going to be tough. On paper, absolutely. Buffalo is going to be tough, and so are the Dolphins. Time out. Time out. Time out. I know we got like another month or so before we actually go into the NFL deep dive, uh, which we're going to break down by each division. Uh, but explain, elaborate a little bit, like how is Miami that stepped up? After getting rid of everything last year, getting all these draft picks, how have they went into the right direction? All of a sudden, where they're going to get these these more wins this time? Because it, it, down the road, they seem like they built up. But right now? Come on. They're a better football team right now. Stop. That's, if that's all you got, you ain't give no proof about nothing. You ain't see. You ain't tell how they stepped up. What, how did they improve their position? If you shut up, I tell you. You have, you have to listen. You have I mean, to you listen. listen. You got to listen if you ask a question. Thank you. Thank you. Man, gosh, he is so aggressive. Just, I'll play, first I'll play up, middle, man. I, I just want to watch. <laughs> so first off, the Miami Dolphins, number one, did a very good job with the people that they did draft, with all the draft picks that they did get. Mm-hmm. They got their quarterback of the future in tour. Fitzpatrick, well, you can hate him, like him, hate him, but he can still win you a football game. They're running back. I'm still going to always be a fan of Kalen Balazs. I don't care what you say. Them, You're right. I am. <laughs> and they also added two other running backs to the mix to actually give him some spells. So you got Breida, who came over from the 49ers, and you got Jordan Howard, so you got your power back. Balazs will be your third down. So now you actually have the back by committee that most teams in the NFL need. On the secondary side, you got probably one of the top corners and Brian Johnson that they signed from the Cowboys. You pair him with Xavion Howard, which improves their secondary. You got Kyle Van Noy to add to that front seven to give them help with the pass rush. You still have McMillan and Baker, who was very good, young, fast, athletic um, linebacker. I mean, linebackers. You got Wilkinson, who you drafted last year, who's in the second year of his deal. You got another defensive line. I can't think of the name of it. They did sign that's on the outside to make their front seven and get a little bit better. Wide receiver, Williams stepped up and was actually a damn good receiver for them last year. You still have Devontae Parker, who just got a contract because he actually showed up. So when you start talking about the Dolphins football team, they improved on the offensive line by signing an offensive lineman in for agency that was one of the better offensive linemen that were out there. So when you start looking at them as a team, stop looking at the record that they showed last year and look at the improvements that they have. Their coach who came in, first year coach, now has a second year and implementing his system gives them a chance to be a better football team than they actually were. And if you look at some of the wins they had, the Dolphins actually beat some teams they weren't supposed to beat last year. New England was one of them. Exactly. So now you put them in that situation to where they could actually win some football games. So when I'm saying that the Dolphins are going to be a better football team, this isn't just some shit I'm pulling out of my ass. It's going off facts. So if you don't know the facts, then shut your mouth. I, I, I definitely appreciate everything that he just said because because just, just like he just said, this is what they don't do for the Raiders because the Raiders made these same adjustments last year and continued to improve and was better than they were at, and beat teams they shouldn't have beat. And look what he did. Like he 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 just, oh, thank you. The Raiders are going to be better this year. I want to hear you say it. Bruh. Did you take it back to the Raiders? How? Did you take it back to the Raiders? How? Because he's already, everything that he talked about was exactly what John Gruden them did the last year before. Getting rid of these pieces, adding on more talent, more depth up in here, and then moving forward. And then they got more wins than they expected. You said four wins last year. They got eight out of it. And they constantly moving on that same trajectory. They went and got even got more talent. Uh, I Have I ever said the Raiders suck? Yes. 
Multiple, no. multiple times. Several mm-hmm. times. Have I ever said them? Have I, okay. If you go back and remember how you all say check the tapes. Yeah, check the tapes. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever go back and actually, <laughs> yeah, if you have to go back and check the tapes, there's been multiple times that I've said things when you weren't present. I said, well, they were actually produced, but I would never admit it to you because the last thing I ever need you doing is ever thinking that I'm actually supporting the damn Raiders. Just did. Thank I, you. I know. I will not. You just said that you ain't never said they suck. True. You just you you named everything that the Dolphins did is what the Raiders did the year before. So so I know deep down yeah, inside you was hoping that they was gonna be better. Not. The perfect analogy for the Raiders are they they're they're a Wednesday evening. You got y'all got one you know what Super a Wednesday? Bowl after like eighty. You know what years I mean by that? Like, it's it's one of them days where I mean it's theirs hump day, you gotta get some people them. look forward to all day. Some people don't. Some people don't. It's just one that that's it can be why, significant some weeks and some weeks again. So point is New England step in with a with Cam Newton. They step right back in the mix. They definitely above the Dolphins. You know why we get on you so much about these Raiders? Because you were fucking your crazy takes. Like you would never. I would admit when the Eagles are dicking around and and not making the right moves. I can't have admitted when Tampa Bay was horrible. You would be like, we're going six hundred zero. 14 and wins Outlandish You would never give a real take You would never give a real real take take. It is a honest take You said 16 and 0 We had a We had a quarterback How did Colin Fairpick go? It went amazing In what universe? (laughs) What you talking about? We used him at multiple positions Like it was more than just Defensive end We moved him on the line And stuff like this He was He he was very good At stopping the run He was very good At stopping the run Hey Hey We're gonna see this year You're gonna eat those words On that Cleveland Farrell He a beast this year Watch What else we got though I did I did wanna mention Some more stuff For the music For people to uh, check out Cause we ain't really We ain't really get on that Did y'all listen to the Pop Smoke Pop Smoke Liking it I'm I'm digging it so far. Did you listen to it? The, the song cool. with the, cool. uh, the one I'm liking the most, I think, is the song with the baby on it. Uh, was that second or third song? Going? Yeah, he got the baby and somebody else. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, two, two. little baby, right? Little baby and the baby on yeah, the same track. I think so. And then uh, Westside Gun dropped another one. Fly God is an awesome god too. I'm digging that. I'm digging that so far. But the Pop Smoke by far stole the weekend, and it, as it should. Rest in peace, the uh, Pop Smoke as well, man. So, so just much promise, this man. Album, it just seems like yeah, he he could have went. Lot further, like usually, like you had these. I ain't gonna talk bad about the dead. Go ahead. Nah, it's just you could tell it was, it was, uh, you know, a few songs that were a little bit short, shorter than usual, and he just didn't have the third verse because clearly he passed away. But damn it, man, that 50 influence was real. And of course, 50 executive produced the album, and he was going to, excuse me, executive produce the album regardless. So I think he really did a lot. With the some some of the melodies and cadences were right in your face. You knew it was fifty, but some of the lines, if you truly a fifty fan, were in there, and and it just was dope to hear, man. So I wish the kid was here to, you know, only twenty years old. I wish he was here to see the success, but he really made a really good album. Meet the Woo Two was when I really started paying attention. So I ain't gonna act like I've been on this this movement of Pop Smokes forever, but that caught my attention. And he definitely uh, delivered. Is that what you was playing? The when I came in, it was like, oh, that's who. Yeah, this? when they say like it, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. So that that's the one where I was like, throw that up in your gym thing. But he, yeah, he got the right mix. Uh, he got the ladies joints. He got the hard joints for the gym, and he got just that that drill music that Chicago right in your face type vibe. Flow. Like I mean, like. Well, just his sound give it a, all together. Give it a, a just, listen, I ain't really been much of a pop smoke. Yeah, fan. man, in Dubai, on Kube, Toby Nguande. Yeah, he dropped a new song. That Toby Nguande is underrated. Yeah, he dropped a new song, um, and it has to do with the current times. Oh yeah, I seen that. I yeah. seen that. What's okay, the name okay, of it? Yeah, yeah. Nah, just right on, like go go look at it on Instagram. Yeah, it's on Instagram. I just don't know the name of it, but somebody sent it to me earlier. I wasn't a fan of it, but I'm definitely sure you will like it. That's not to say it's whack. I just was like, man, but. It's a it's a it's a decent song and it may it'll sway you either way. You'll either be like, man, oh yo, this shit is really dope. Um, that black EP. Oh, fire. Yeah, me and the wife went on a drive. We played that joint back and forth. We love it. August Alcine, I know you guys, we, we touched on him earlier, but that album is it's it's it go. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I I just want to bring it back to the music, you know what I'm saying? That's and what I'm saying. Like why did he need to do that? He, he didn't need like to. He Twenty seven songs, a bit excessive, but he's been gone for a couple Damn years. Chris so Brown. so I, I get why he did it. Um and then um Nick Grant and Tay Beast bless uh God bless the child. So you want some lyrical miracle spiritual in your whip? Nick Grant. 
Give that Nick Grant, he'll give it to you. Hopefully, he comes out with an album really soon. So, what was this one? Like six songs, right? Did we mention a Wale that dropped a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I yeah we, Wale. we mentioned yeah, it. Wale. Come yeah. on, man. So yeah, that, I listened to that like in depth on my ride because we had a two and a half. What that's five Flows. hours. Yeah, man. Uh, Wale does this thing again. I don't know how he does it, man, but uh, he does it. But with that said, boys, hold on. There's another album that the track that dropped. What are you talking about? That little Boosie? No. That's the two albums that the two tracks that drop. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Get it, get it off, man. What, what's the other track? Clyde's dropped a new track. <laughs> hey, they. I can't wait for y'all. When we dropping that the music segment? Oh, oh, next Friday when y'all hear that the music segment that we got for the top five hip hop and uh, songs and albums, boy. Y'all wait till y'all hear Hadrico's top five. Go ahead, you'll get the joke. <laughs> Okay. I ain't laughing. Ply dropped a new track. It's called I Am Not a Racist. And then, um, did your boy do that a little while ago? No, nah, but he did. Join the loop. Ply did a little, little different. He did it Ply's way. I'm going to listen to it as soon as we uh, cut the tape on this one. And then, um, I dropped the track this week. You know, I've been shooting a video. Um, it's called Mask On, but don't worry about that. We know that be, that's later. Okay. All right. He coming back out. I'm thinking about restarting my rap career too, but yeah, and that's, and that's, that's my wife said it. My wife said it's a midlife crisis, but whatever. Yeah, you need to go ahead and do it. Give us an intro or something up here. Both of y'all can get on the track. Give us an intro. Oh yeah, you can steal Wayne's verses, and then I'll Ooh, come with my original. The low and with that said, you watching right now, we appreciate that. You on YouTube, but see that button down to the bottom? Yep, yep, that big one that says subscribe. I need you to click it if you haven't clicked it. And if you've done that, you know that share button? I need you to share it if you haven't shared it. Oh, but wait, if you did that too, comment if you haven't commented. If you've done all three, then find a friend and pass it on because we need your help. I'm going to just keep it real. We don't get paid if you don't do all that. We need to get our subscribers up. We're at 100. Appreciate it. No, congratulations, fellas. Congratulations. But uh, what we need you to do is, like he said, share and get that subscriber count up, man. I mean, it don't hurt you. It'll cost you nothing to like and follow. Yep. And if you definitely like and uh, continue to comment down below, come in on our uh, audio podcast where you can find us on Google, uh, Spotify, wherever your streaming service is. You know, we're on all of them. So definitely. DSC. Peace.